Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero, and you found the Leadership Lowdown. And this is one of the most exciting days of my time here behind this microphone because I actually have a chance to talk to someone that I've heard about for many times, many years, and also had a chance to listen to him speak at a economic club meeting here in town. So I was really excited when we were able to track him down. His name is Hallie Holmes. He's the chairman of the board and CEO of Jiffy Mix, or Chelsea Milling is their proper name. So Howdy, welcome to our show. Well, thank you, Vic. As a fellow Chelsea inhabitant, I'm always delighted to speak with Ken, so to speak. <laughs> I love it. Well, fellow Chelsea Bulldogs, it's great. And I'm just really glad to have the chance to be here. You can't wipe the smile off my face because as a child growing up, Chelsea Milling Company loomed large over our beautiful little community there in Chelsea, Michigan, which those of you that don't know, sometimes they get it confused with Chesney, Michigan. But Chelsea's down a few miles outside of <laughs> Ann Arbor, and it's their home of Common Grill, another great restaurant, the kind of a destination restaurant. And then, of course, looming over the town is this massive granary and operation called Jiffy Mix, and the name is all over it. And so you're chairman of the board and CEO. Kind of give us some context of what your role is and what Jiffy Mix is. Okay. I came back to the family business, I should say, 35 years ago, 36 years ago. And, you know, subsequently, I had the opportunity to turn a 100-year-old business into a professionally managed organization. And so I've had several roles. And my first experience with Chelsea Mellon Company was in 1963 when I was 16 years old. And so I've, you know, scraped paint off railroad cars and I've swept the inside of silos <laughs> and done every, you know, goofy job on the planet. All right. I always knew I wanted to come here, but I pursued a boyhood dream for 20 years and became a professional race car driver. Yeah. And so after that, I came back. And so I've had a lot of different roles. Vic, I think, although, you know, my business card might say, you know, CEO and president or vice president, you know, I've had a variety of sort of business cards. To me, it's always been, you know, a responsibility, you know, of love and devotion to our employees and to our consumers. Yeah. So as a family-held business, you know, there are a lot of differences that we have as opposed to publicly held <laughs> For sure. Was this a Holmes family operation? Did your family start Chelsea Milling? The Holmes family history in Milling goes back to 1844 oh in Sio Township. Yeah, 1844, a long time ago. Here in Chelsea, we were started in 1884, and my great-grandfather, Harmon, left Dexter at the age of 18 and came to the big metropolis of Chelsea <laughs> and became one of the partners in what was then called the Chelsea Roller Mills, unique in the sense of the flour mill, Vic, but as you know, or most people know, flour mills were water-powered, usually. But yeah. this was a steam-powered mill. Harmon bought out the other partners at the end of the 18th century and renamed the place Chelsea Milling Company in 1901. Mm. And then my grandmother invented the first ever prepared mix and introduced it in April of 1930 under the brand Jiffy. So we have quite, you know, a long history of flour milling. We used to sell flour. We don't sell flour anymore. We do have a flour mill. We do store wheat. 
but we use all that wheat for ourselves with our different types of jiffy mixes. Yeah, and so, you're right there on the railroad uh, tracks, so you can get a supply. So I'm yep. sure in the old days, it probably was local farmers that were bringing it into you. But now the size of your operation and some of the limited farming that's going on around you, probably you've had to go to putting that rail stem to use, haven't you? Well, from time to time, you know, right now, rail's not exactly the most economical transportation system going, but I will say that we use lots and lots of different ingredients, but the top four are wheat, cornmeal, sugar, and shortening. We still get the majority of our wheat up in the thumb area, so that's maybe 150 miles away. I would call that local. We get a lot of sugar up in the Bay City area. That's local. We get a lot of cornmeal from northern Indiana. To me, that's still local, and we get a lot of shortening in Illinois and so on. So, you know, as a company that we can be found in 30 different countries, Mm. and our corn muffin on the retail side is the number one selling dry grocery item in the United States. So, you know, it's the little blue and white box that everybody recognizes. You bet. You bet. And, you know, there's so many things that we got to talk about. I'm so excited to have you here. I've got to run to our break, but I want to say it's great to have you as a legend in the business and have Jiffy Mix here to talk about that's done so much for the state and is such a vital, important part of so many kitchens around the nation, around the world. So stay right where you're at here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. And we're back here on Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero and so happy and honored that we have a chance to have with us today Howdy Holmes. He is the chairman of the board and CEO for Jiffy Mix and, of course, Chelsea Milling Company, which is the organization. You know them as the brand name of Jiffy Mix, and they've been around, as we've just learned in the first segment, so many years. And i got to say, Howdy, when... I first learned of you, I knew that you were a race car driver. And so it must have been quite a transition to come out of that 20 years of your life as a race car driver, doing amazing things there, and stepping back into a company that had been around for 100 years. So tell me about that transition and lessons learned. The best 
description, Vic, in all honesty, was the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> because, you know, as the eldest son, I have a brother and three sisters. So as the eldest son that comes back to the family business, people only knew me as a race car driver. And no one, I love to ask this question, and the question is to audiences, you know, across the country. Is there anyone out there that can see a relationship between intellectual capital and race car driving? <laughs> and to this day, no one has raised their hand. <laughs> so the point I'm trying to make is I came back here as a you know very successful race car driver. Plus, I had an advertising firm, a marketing firm, was the author and contributed to newspapers such as the New York Times, etc., all these things, quite frankly, that I had no training to do, but learned how to figure it out. And so my appearance was complicated with my previous sort of profession. When I came back, it was a 100-year-old company at the time. There was no handbook. I hadn't had a price increase for our products for eight years, and the inmates were running the asylum. So I had my hands full. Yeah. And in a typical family business situation, there was a lot of disagreement and conflict about what to do and how to do it and who's going to do it and so on. I can't help but add that I have a passion for helping family businesses and because only 26% of first-generation family businesses make it to the mm. second generation. And, you know, families are all about keeping the peace, right? Yeah, right. So as a result, people don't always tell the truth. And (laughs) so, you know, keeping the objective of, is this a decision to be made by the heart or is this a decision to be made by the head? Sometimes they get very confusing for lots of people and that causes a lot of trouble. So, but one of the things as I look back that, because we're a manufacturer, you know, we make things, we make jiffy mixes. And so... 20 years in the motorsports business, you know, it's all about performance with equipment and be it the cars or, you know, all the things that are on the cars. Well, the same thing is true in the manufacturing industry. It's about efficiency. It's about, you know, less waste. It's about, you know, more productivity and so on. You know, I didn't plan it this way, but it was an unbelievable sort of relationship to me having done both of these things. Now, to other people, they can't see the connection (laughs) (laughs) because we all have a belief system, which we use and depend on and so on. I would suggest that it's possible that sometimes our systems need a little bit of an adjustment. Mm. Yeah, so true. Well, at the same time, I will have to say that, you know, for me to make the adjustment from this non-emotional world of motorsports to a very emotional family business was not at all easy, but throughout the process, it forced me to learn an enormous amount about myself and about others, and I was able to apply those lessons to build this company into what we are today. Wow, and how about that? And one of the things I'd like to cover maybe next segment would be how we go about hiring people. It's very unique very different. I think people would be interested in hearing about that. Oh, I think they'd love to hear about that. And tell me, how many employees do you have in the Chelsea facility? We have about 340. Wow. Yep. And we are around the clock, you know, three shifts and have been for as long as I can remember. And we continue to grow. We are now in the food service business as well. We make dry mixes, add water only, I might add for the non-commercial 
and the commercial segment of food service. So it's everything from local jails, prisons, cruise ships, hospitals, restaurants, you name it. Well, I have to tell you, Howdy, it's such a incredible American story, truly. I don't know how else to say it. We look back at you and your family and what's gone on and some of the many, many years when you think about any organization being around as long as Chelsea Milling has. It's stunning to think that you're here today thriving in this and doing such a great job with the quality products that you put out. So I'm glad you're here. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the employees that are bringing your brand to the table for us. And we're going to do that right after this break. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero on the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. For something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. And we're back here on the Leadership Lowdown with the Michigan Business Network and, of course, with the amazing Howdy Holmes. He is a part of a legendary family that built a century-old organization that is truly around the world and doing great things right from Little Chelsea, Michigan, and doing it with 300-plus employees in that area and growing, growing, growing. And you mentioned in the last segment, Howdy, about hiring people. And, of course, I'm sure just like when you pull into a pit stop on a race row and you're out on it doing your motorsports racing, you've got to have an efficient team that does a good job with your pit stop. Tell me about the team that keeps Jiffy Mix on everybody's table. Sure, be happy to, Vic. You know, really it all starts with our approach, which is unique to hiring. And most people in your listening audience, when they hire people, will pay attention to the particular task that they're, you know, looking for. And hire people, generally those who have the most experience in the task that they're trying to fill. We don't do that. We make 70% of our decision on hiring, regardless of what the task is, based on character, integrity, personality, and behavior. Wow, you can't lose with that. uh, I mean... Well, it's so easy, and it's so simple, and it's so uncomplicated. I really don't know why most people don't do it. Why do we do that? Well, guess what? People need to get along with one another. We have package line operators. We have mechanics. We have sanitation people. We have warehouse people. We have mixing people. We have accounting people, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? They all work for Chelsea Milling Company. They all, you know, work towards producing Jiffy Mixes for consumers, the more strategic advantage it is to have the right people. So it's a very different approach. You read about this in countless books. I just devour books about business and have for years. You read about it a lot. People talk about it, but they don't do it. We do it. I just want to make sure we don't pass this because tell me about when you say you hire for character and integrity. I mean, you can ask questions, but how do you reveal that? Yeah, that's easy. We do a significant amount of personality and behavior tests. I mean, an obvious one is Myers-Briggs. 
Another obvious one is disc analysis. And we do as many as six or seven different tests, depending whether it's a leadership position. I will tell you, Vic, even the hourly people, which is the majority of our folks because we make stuff, we hire the hourly people with the same process that we would hire a CFO, a controller, or a director of Wawatusi. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, the world kind of has taught us in business that we're all a big deal, don't you know? (laughs) And I just think that's a waste of time. I don't think I'm a big deal. Okay, so my card says chairman of the board and CEO, and it used to say president. Now I've passed that on to our son, Howard, over a year ago. Yeah, none of us think we're a big deal. But learning how to build relationships that are based on trust and respect is not easy thing for adults to do. And I told you about our hiring process. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Once we hire somebody, they go through a program which we affectionately call detox, as in <laughs> detoxification, Yeah. right? And what that consists of is for months, and I'm not exaggerating, months, and if it's salespeople, it's lots of months because they're the most difficult. They go through a structured and a non-structured detox program. The structured part is they're given a schedule and they spend time in every department that we have. Oh, by the way, on all three shifts as well. Oh, wow. But they don't do anything. And it drives people crazy because everywhere else people have been, you know, they're expected to hit the ground running, yep. right? Because they're filling tasks. Well, we're not filling tasks. The tasks need to be done, but we want them done by people who are interested in personal growth. And personal growth requires people to get, here's a big one, vulnerable, you know, a word that is, you know, not well understood. And so this may sound a little crazy, but I would like people to sort of have the curiosity and the openness of a four-year-old. And what I mean by that is if you have kids, then most of you folks out there do, or grandkids, or no people that have kids, four-year-olds are, you know, everything's wonderful. (laughs) Everything's good. Everybody's good. Blah, 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 blah. The world is, you know, just one big happy, happy, happy place. (laughs) Well, that's because they have not yet learned bias. They have not yet learned prejudice. They have not yet learned a lot of things which end up sort of curtailing their enthusiasm. Mm. And, you know, we all create bubbles in which we identify things as friend or foe and deal with it. If you don't break those bubbles ever and reestablish your priorities, reestablish the cubbies and put new labels on them, you're not growing. So this detox program, you know, we say that during the interviews that it isn't easy. And, you know, as the interview, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. But nobody <laughs> and, likes and it. And then they find out. No, <laughs> but like... Well, I got to tell you, this is just fantastic stuff. We've got to run to break, but I want to say, wow, this is really kind of some insight on how great organizations can last centuries. And this is it right here, the secret ingredients of Jiffy Mix. I just love it. Thanks so much, (laughs) Howdy Holmes, for being with us. And thanks for joining us here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to take a quick break and be right back.
FBI, we do office, furniture, and supplies. At DBI, we do office and have been exceeding our customers' expectations since 1984. DBI is celebrating its 30th anniversary as a premier office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. DBI offers more products and services than any other office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. Find out what DBI can do for your office at dbis.com. And we're back with industry leader Howdy Holmes. He is the chairman of the board and CEO of Chelsea Milling. Jiffy Mix is how you know them, and they're on every single store shelf around the country and in 30 countries around the world. And right now, I've got a page full of notes because I'm listening to somebody that's been through so much and has lifted and delivered a brand for over a century now, and that's exciting stuff to learn from. And when I think about what you've got going on, tell me, it feels like you're making a strategic advantage in a very complicated packed store shelf area your strategic advantage is you're hiring your people what you're doing in chelsea is that the way you see it well yeah i think all of us you know this is a business show a business lay down and i speak about businesses in three areas i think there are only three facilities systems and people and of course, people are the most difficult part of it. And what all of us business people are trying to do is get these facilities, these systems, and people in some sort of harmony. Usually that isn't the case. One is, you know, a year or two ahead. The other is, you know, facilities might be behind people. You know, with all the change, people have to catch up. So facilities don't have, you know, thoughts or feelings. <laughs> And systems don't have thoughts or feelings. <laughs> right. People have thoughts and feelings, right? And guess what? You know, every one of us people, whether they're employees or, or friends or family members, we all, you know, have baggage that we don't like to talk about. And some days, you know, the baggage, you've got to check two or three suitcases and maybe a couple carry-ons. And, you know, the next week, maybe just have, you know, one little backpack of stuff. And so when you focus on individuals, and you express the desire to help them grow as people, what you're creating in this triangle of facilities, systems, and people is a strategic advantage. Oh, Always people yes. are the strategic advantage. Now, I won't kid anybody. It is not an easy thing to do, but it is worthwhile. It's rewarding to me. The best sort of what gives me joy the most is when a sibling, a spouse, a friend of an employee at Chelsea Mellon Company tells me that the employee, he or she, is not the same person. And, you know, they are very different. And that different is better. <laughs> you know, so we don't do these things because it is limited to making a better employee. We do these things to make a better person. Mm. And so that's being a spouse, that's a teammate, whatever. And one of the things is an employee. But if you just try and concentrate on employee enhancement in an environment, people aren't working because they have nothing else to do. <laughs> people right. work because they have mouths to feed and bills to pay. Yeah. And oh, by the way, most people don't like their work. Yeah. But more succinctly, 
Most people don't like their bosses because their boss tells them what to do. Oh, by the way, the employee knows that the boss can't do the job anyway. So you have this horrible situation. But yet, that's the environment. Well, what's the answer? Change the environment. Make it comforting. Make it warm. Make it productive. Make it, you know, and this is going to sound very, you know, not a Harvard business term. Make it a loving, respectful area. Mm. Be surprised what you're going to end up with. Well, hey, yeah. look, I think and, the way it comes down is a little less Harvard, a little more howdy. This is really, really impressive. That's good. <laughs> well, it's impressive stuff to me because the one thing I didn't want to pass by, and we may not have enough time to address it here in this segment, but look, what you said to me, I think was really important because you mentioned employee, and that's only one title that someone wears, right? right. So they wear spouse, right. they wear friend, they wear dad, they wear grandpa, they wear grandmother, whatever those titles are. But employee is only one of those. And to your point, which I think is brilliant, Howdy, is that what Jiffy Mix and your hiring process is all about is I want the entire person, not just the employee to show up. And I think that's just powerful, yes. powerful stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, Vic, we as people, you know, do everything we can to complicate our lives. <laughs> and the, the secret to growth is to uncomplicate things. Now, I'll go so far as to say that maybe the only freedom we have is how we respond to something. We have to remember that we have a choice. We can't do anything about all the stimuli that goes on around us. We can't do anything about it except how we react. So if we can remember we have a choice on how we react, that's where the freedom is, that's where the growth is, that's where the love is, that's where the money is, that's where the opportunity is. But quite frankly, we don't always remember it, and that includes me. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> well, that's worth the price of admission. And of course, we all remember the attitude poem that Charles Swindoll gave us. And of course, you know, the big thing is how we react to situations. And man, I'm telling you, I'm having a great reaction today because I have so much enthusiastic belief in what you're saying, and you're willing to share it with us here on Leadership Lowdown. So grateful for that. We'll be right back here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero with Howdy Holmes. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. And again, one of my childhood idols, if you will, Howdy Holmes, a race car driver when I was growing up in Chelsea, Michigan. And now here he is, the head and CEO of the Chelsea Milling Company. So grateful for the page full of notes I've got here. And Howdy, as you talk about your love and appreciation for people and hiring the right people to make sure that only the best full employee person 
is inside your walls. Tell me, is that different for leadership? Do you put a higher evaluation on leadership or do you pull those from the ranks? Tell me where you go because an organization your size has to have some great leadership just beyond one person. Well, first of all, Vic, I think it's fair to let's put a little definition or at least some, you know, let's put a fence around what leadership is. Yeah. To me, leadership is being a resource to other people, period. That takes away rank and all the rest of it. It isn't conditional. It's how can I help you? Well, the challenge in how can I help you is that if a person isn't willing to tell you the truth or what's really bothering them or what struggles they have, can't be a resource if you don't have the right context and the right content. Those Mm. two things are critical, right? And so... You know, a lot of people think that they collaborate with others. They don't. They just basically update them. Because if you don't put, you know, property lines around what you're trying to communicate, then the receiver doesn't really have a feel or a good idea of what the issue may be. So it is very difficult for one to kind of include or to think about context and content because they're not used to it. The world is moving so fast and business is fast and accelerating and so on. It even makes it more crucial to, when you're trying to communicate with somebody, communicate in the right context and the right content so that the listener has got some idea. You know, the listener wasn't there. So it's the sender's responsibility to paint that picture. If you paint it with clear paint, it doesn't really have much of a personality. <laughs> right. and, yeah, okay, well, here's some facts, but, you know, so leadership is very, very challenging. And if you don't take it as a challenge, and if you don't remember whatever level of leader it may be, whether it's a manager or a director or a facilitator, whatever it may be, you can't think your way into acting. You have to act your way into thinking. And so what that means is it doesn't matter to what we say to one another. It's what really speaks the loudest is what we do and spend a lot of time trying to get people to recognize those differences, especially leaders, because they feel that they've earned, you know, the right, whether it's status or whether it's rank, whatever. And, you know, we've been taught to sort of, you know, climb the ladder generally at everyone else's expense. Stepping on heads. Let me ask you a quick question, if I could, about communication, because I didn't want to get too far past it. You mentioned communication, and in leadership roles, to me, what's fascinating. I've been in leadership positions where I say what I think is perfectly clear in my mind, but what the person hearing heard was different than my intent. Can you relate to that? I can relate to that all the time. And I think there's an easy way to kind of, you know, fact check, if you will. Yeah, help us. And that is that you ask him or her or them. And it needs to be on an individual basis because we all have different lenses. Please Tell me what you heard, Mm. right? In their words, yeah. So, yeah, tell me what you heard me say. And that way, you kind of narrow the band considerably, and that's really, really important. You know, what we're really talking about is, you know, the interworkings of leadership and 
being a resource. But the best way that I could express to others what a culture or what an environment or what a business place is, it's determined by just two simple things. You know, what's acceptable in any environment is determined by two things. And that is the process surrounding how decisions are made and the process surrounding how people communicate. What's acceptable, making decisions and how you communicate. And, you know, there are thousands of different versions. Yes. Some are comfortable, some are not. Most are not because people don't take the time to explain it. You can get people to agree on things, and culture is a perfect example. If we asked 10 of your audience members to write down a definition of culture, guess what we'd get? 10 different. We would generally get an expression or an answer of what it feels like. Well, what it feels like is legitimate, but what causes, we're not talking about the effect, we're talking about cause. Yeah. So what causes things are those two things, how we communicate and how we make decisions. Well, how do you, man, again, I just can't thank you enough for some of the wisdom you're imparting today. It comes from a collection of years and a collection of experiences, and you've done such a great job of sharing that. We only have one precious segment left with you today, but I'm so grateful for it. We're going to take a quick break and come right back here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown with Howdy Holmes. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. This is our final segment. I'm almost sad about it because we've got Howdy Holmes with us today. He's the chairman of the board and CEO of the Chelsea Milling Company. And of course, the famous Jiffy Mix brand. And of course, I as a kid grew up with that brand and recognize it well. And today to have the chance to listen to some of the amazing leadership conversation we've had today has just been a real blessing to me, Howdy. I can't thank you enough for that. Before we run out of time, though, I'm a little curious about this. Jiffy Mix has been a quality product. I think been, in my mind, scandal-free. It's been a top-shelf thing that's been affordable for families, and it doesn't come with a bunch of complicated Fifth Avenue pizzazz. So if I walk into any grocery store, I can look down the aisle and probably see Jiffy Mix and pick it out really easy because of the blue and white box, which hasn't changed. So tell me, from a branding side of things, do you have a lot of people pressuring you to put some new pop and pizzazz into Jiffy Mix, or or do you like what you see? Well, that's a great question, and there's more than what meets the eye, because what meets the eye (laughs) is a little blue and white box. Oh, by the way, people are familiar with it, so to mess with that would be crazy, absolutely crazy. I think so. And in my tenure of 35 years, 
we've probably made 40 some odd changes, but it's kind of correcting misspelled words and blah, 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 blah. I mean, very, very slight changes, but we're a company and a brand. We've made the decision not to advertise, not to merchandise, no couponing, no freestanding inserts, no celebrity endorsement, no radio, no TV, no newspaper. Why don't we do those things? Everybody else does. That's how they go to market. Everybody else advertises. Well, big secret. We don't advertise because there's a cost. And a good portion of those costs of marketing and advertising get put into the end product or service that's being sold. So theoretically, consumers pay for the chance to be influenced. Now, we never look at it that way, but that's what happened. <laughs> and so for us not to do traditional things, that means that we can save the end user a significant amount of money. That's why our products, and I'm not objective, <laughs> but let's just say that our quality is as good as the competition, and of course it's much better, but let's just say <laughs> let's just as good. <laughs> right. But our price is way better. Way better. So what happens is when our desire is to provide working class America with the highest quality ingredients and the best price, when you combine those two things, you get a value yeah. and people talk about it. People appreciate it. So... Have we had suggestions? Oh, yeah. I could overrun with advertising agencies that we're going to, you know, take you to the moon, blah, 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 blah. You know what? It's really kind of interesting. Most of these things, of course, they're cold calls or cold emails, whatever the case may be. They don't take any time to figure out who they're talking to and so on. Right. And it's just assumed that everybody advertises and so on. Right. But, you know, business is simple. You make a product or a service, and there's a cost for that, and you sell it for something more than the cost. It's, you know, in its simplest form, that's what it is. How do you get an unfair advantage? Well, you figure out something that is beneficial to your customer or consumer, and they'll talk about it. In our case, it's value. You know, it's a great price, and the product works every time. Well, and again, you know, I happen to think one of the greatest frosting options out there is your chocolate frosting, and it comes in a box, and I think all you do is just add water, and that and your brownies are amazing. And I think what's exciting to me is that you can put together Jiffy Mix products for a very, very reasonable price and really make your product affordable for people that are really pinching pennies right now. Yeah, as I said, you know, we think that working class America deserves, you know, a great product, and that's us. What I mean by working class America is the majority of people, you know, work from paycheck to paycheck. Right. And, you know, it isn't the majority of people that have second and third homes and multiple cars, but that's not the majority. The majority live from paycheck to paycheck. And when you drill down, to, you know, a budget and what's going to be spent on the food dollar for the week or the month or so on. You find out pretty quickly that when you eat at home, that's the best value and would stretch that dollar the longest. Hmm. And there's nothing wrong with eating out whatsoever. 
I'm just saying that we don't always have infinite choices. A lot of us <laughs> right. are restricted. And so, you know, we are in existence to serve those folks. Don't get me wrong, Vic. You know, if highfalutin Joe or highfalutin Susie, who live in a penthouse, you know, want to buy Jiffy Mix, would consider selling it to them. But maybe not every day. <laughs> We'd give them uh, a shot. <laughs> Well, I can't believe it, but our time has come to an end here, and I'm sad about that. Look, I just want to say this, Howdy. Jiffy Mix has made a difference to families trying to make ends meet all across the country and now indeed across the world. And it comes from the humble beginnings of the Holmes family vision of doing something spectacular. And thank God that Howdy Holmes came out of the race circuit and came back to lift the family company and to deliver it to the force it is today. And I can see why, after today's conversation, why it is that way. Howdy, you are a treasure, and I am grateful that we've had a chance to have you here on our show. Thank you for your time. Well, you're welcome, Dick, and it was great to talk to you know fellow dog, as they say. And you know, I'll leave this to your audience out there. If any of you have any curiosity about the ins and outs of family business, Give me a call. I've been through the wars. And I can personally tell you that Howdy Holmes will pick up the phone because that's the way he operates. He's the real thing, the real deal, and we're so grateful for his time today. Howdy Holmes right here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Yeah.